Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those individuals that cross our lives, that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I'm your host, the Razgrees, with my ever-present co-host, the Buck Grundle, bringing you new and interesting stories from all around the world. <sighs> I actually got through it without blundering at that time. I'm, I'm kind of happy for me. So, Buck... Other than you know constant delays today, how's your how's your week been, buddy? Delayed, delayed. No, my week's been good. No, uh, yeah, no, no real complaints. Uh, got got my internet solutions, uh, you know, worked out. Not uh, going too much into it, you know, because uh, I don't want to disclose too much about Carrie over Katie's, you know, day day job. You know, other than that, you know that little snafu was uh, regulated, and well, we're hoping that you know, it, bit. we're hoping it actually improves the podcast as well. So let's just hope. Yes, <laughs> there's lots of that going on. Well, I'm not going to spend too much time dwell, delving into the personal life of the Buck Grundle because we've got some stories this week, and some of them are some callbacks to previous episodes, including the first one. Um, the first one is being reported by a news site that I'm not sure how to pronounce because Buck says I pronounce it wrong. Uh, I called it Osceola last time, and he's saying it's Ocala. So we're going to go with Ocala. Ocala fire chief, whose ex-wife went on naked rampage at Outback, fired for creating uncomfortable work environment. Do you remember this from the other week, Buck? I do. I think she got tased a couple times, and... Uh, there was pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. this Ocala fire chief uh, who filed a restraining order against his ex-wife for sure she went on a naked rampage at a local outback earlier this month has been fired from his position. Shane Alexander was relieved of his duties by the city of Ocala on Friday. An official with the city of Ocala confirmed the firing to OcalaNews.com. On Sunday... and and provided a letter explaining the city's decision on Monday. According to a termination of employment letter issued by the assistant city manager, Ken Whitehead, Alexander was fired for his alleged, quote, unprofessional conduct on several occasions, unquote, and general erosion of the trust in the organization by creating a counterproductive and uncomfortable work environment for city staff. Last month, Alexander filed a domestic violence injunction against his ex-wife, Tina Kindred, Court documents show that a final judgment for injunction was made on May 27th. Days later, Kindred was arrested after destroying thousands of dollars in merchandise at an outback in Ocala located at uh, East Springs Boulevard. She was charged with aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer and felony criminal mischief. Video of Kindred's arrest made international headlines, including the Social Liability Podcast with multiple news agencies making reference to the city of Ocala, including the New York Post, the New York Daily News, the U.S. Sun, and the U.K. Daily Mail. In a letter, Whitehead also accused Alexander of undermining Ocala, quote, city council and the city manager, end quote, by having actively campaigned to replace council members so that he could be appointed the city manager. According to the letter, several employees, department heads, and managers attested to Alexander's actions, In addition, the city cites an excessive amount of idle time and poorly managed internal grand procedures as concerns. 
Alexander threw his hat in for the vacant city manager position after John Zobler uh, tendered his resignation in December of 2019. After the interviews for a new city manager began, multiple Ocala City Council members lent their support to Alexander. Ultimately, public support and a delayed vote eventually saw Sandra Williams appointed in June of 2020. Just a few months later, the city mourned the loss of the police chief after the late Ocala police chief Greg Graham was killed in a plane accident. Uh, Mike Balkin was hired as his replacement. The city of Ocala is now looking to fill a third major position in this past year. Okay, so the city manager fires the guy because he also interviewed for the job of city manager. (laughs) And his wife is a psychopath. Um, I don't think this is going to look, this is going to turn out well for the city of Ocala. Uh, nor do I. Nor do I. Uh, I hope that somebody has a really good, like, job posting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, 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 it just screams of retaliation, does it not? It does. And and whoever steps into that job is going to have a real set of big shoes to fill. I mean, he may have been an awful fire chief. Who knows? Uh, but, we, you know, when he's in the running for the job, somebody else gets the job, then fires him. After his wife goes on a um, naked tirade through an outback. And if you read into what they were saying, he filed a domestic violence. He got the injunction. His wife, he, he was being... The, the the victim. So Right. So you got a battered spouse who you're firing in retaliation for trying to get the job that you put in for. Yeah, okay, this is gonna go great. <laughs> it's it's definitely like I hope when the dust settles that this guy has a really good membership to like Indeed or Monster or something because he's going to need a resume that get Ray Charles a driver's license <laughs> after like after 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 swinging the hammer down like that like that is not even a social liability he's just a dick it's actually a woman Sandra Wilson oh oh Jesus <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, that's, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be an interesting one. But we we did it, it, there wasn't a whole lot of comedy to that one. But I still wanted to bring it up because we had spoken about it previously, and then the, the liabilities of, of it, it just continue. Well, I mean, like it may not be funny, but it kind of like embraces the entire premise of our show. Like these people are the epitome of social liabilities. Like this is what you should strive to not behave like. Like. Yeah. You know this. You know if if you're the most qualified person for a job, you should get the job. I now I, I use that term "should" liberally, but because we all know that the world doesn't work that way in a lot of in a lot of instances. But resorting to that kind of dickery, uh, eh, that's that's just that that is again a social liability in action. Very you know, true. and 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 you know, although we don't have very much to make fun of, still calling that bitch to task, and that's it. True. Well, our next story comes from the Belfast Telegraph. 
um, I can't pronounce this. Lim Avadati, Livadi, Lim Lim Av L I M A V A D Y, Lim Avadi, Limavadi. Let's go with that. Limavadi, sure. Limavadi man found with cocaine between buttocks told police someone must have put it there. <laughs> how many times have you heard someone say these aren't my pants, or I don't know how that got in my pocket? <laughs> A judge has described a biz- has described as a bizarre explanation put forward by a convicted drug offender that a bag containing cocaine was found between his buttocks had been put there by someone else without his knowledge. <laughs> Declan Butcher from Glenmill Park in that town appeared before Derry Magistrate Court yesterday charged with breaching previously imposed bail conditions by possessing drugs. A police constable told District Judge Barry McElholm that the defendant ran from police responding to reports of a disturbance outside a bar in the town. Officers chased him and found Butcher hiding in a toilet inside the bar. And apparently, when they searched him, they found cocaine between his buttocks. (laughs) Somebody must have put it there without my knowledge, though. I mean, in all... how many times have you heard someone say they, they, the evidence was planted, you know, because I don't know, these aren't my pants. You know, there's always that, that excuse. It's like, dude, you, you, no one buys it. it even if there was the no, magical cocaine and- fairy going around stuffing bags of cocaine up your ass, no one would believe it. <laughs> oh, and, you know, like how well used is your prison pocket? To where you don't know if somebody's sticking a bag of frickin' cocaine up your ass. The old prison purse has been getting some use, apparently. That's that's what I'm... Like, come on. Like, I can think of, like, 13 better excuses. Not really. Don't call me to task on it. I, comedically. You know. But, I mean... Of all the fucked up bizarre shit that you would just literally pull out of your ass, why would that be the excuse that you that like, why would you hang your hat on that nail? Dude, my, That's... My, uh, my favorite thing but not to think about it but to actually like put, put, put like right under an inmate's nose was when you catch them with tobacco, like a chewing tobacco in their lip or you find their spit cup or whatever and you're like, dude I know how that got in here that chewing tobacco came in up yours or most likely someone else's ass. And now you're just sitting there sucking on it. Yeah. I mean, like, <sighs> I'm committed to my addiction. I I, I, have, I, I am a smoker. You see me vaping and, and everything like that? Like, no, 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 no. I have the highest level of nicotine allowed by the FDA in this little machine right here. I am not a converted smoker. I am just somebody, I'm more economical about getting my fix. And I'll tell you, I would not go that far. I would not, I used to smoke with gloves on because I was a closet smoker for two years with my ex-wife, hiding behind cars. Like, you know how hard it was to be a fucking Houdini on forearm crutches, but I did it. You used to hide them in my locker. I did. <laughs> in in my locker and in my car, I would find packs of cigarettes. 
Yes. Yes, yes, you would. And you know what? I wouldn't even sink that low. <laughs> I would not, not dip ass tobacco. Just wouldn't. Smoking it? Yeah. Uh, you know, you put anything to fire, it, it kind of cleans it. I mean... <laughs> But no, it could, no, 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 because the fire is at this at the end. Everything in the middle where you're sucking that through, <laughs> that's not burning. <laughs> oh man! Again, Raz ruins reality, man. Like we need to make that a new, we need to make that a new sector on the show. And today on Raz ruins reality. No, Books, hopes, no. and dreams are crushed. Raz just merely points out the reality. <laughs> yeah, but your reality is vastly different from the reality that I exist in. They just they run they run parallel to each other and often crisscross. But I'll tell you, we do not live on the we do not play on the same court, my friend. We just don't. We never have. That's what makes us such good friends. Friendship is the result of ionic bonding, in a in a social in a social sense, you know, because opposites do attract. So you're you're happy and flamboyant and personable. So that makes me not. <laughs> hey man, you're salty. I'm sweet. Oh my god. All right, our next story is coming out of Tampa, Florida. A Florida woman arrested after hitting boyfriend with a plate full of chicken. A 43-year-old Florida woman is facing domestic domestic battery charges after hitting her boyfriend with a plate of chicken. According to the sheriff's affidavit on June 9th, Jennifer Booth and her boyfriend, William Booth... Wait, what? According to... Whoa, wait a minute. This is a boyfriend. This isn't husband. And her name's Jennifer Booth, and his name's William Booth. Woo. I'm not going to read into that anymore. I had an argument over an L.A. Fitness Gym <laughs> membership. After working on the property all day, I took a break to cook dinner and have a meal after a long day in the sun, William said William Booth. I confronted Jen about getting a membership at... A, at membership, getting a membership at membership at LA Fitness. I swear to God, that's what it says. And she became violent. <laughs> Words were exchanged about her becoming jealous of girls at Lowe's, and it's okay t- to meet with a personal trainer at the gym, said William. According to the sheriff's report, while the pair was sitting down to have dinner, Jennifer picked up a plate full of chicken and threw it at William's face, hitting him in the chest and face. I was told I told her there it was there was it that I told her there was it I can't take it anymore I called her daughter in Arizona and she became violent and that's when I called the sheriff's office this is so poorly written I mean I know they're quoting the guy but I think I still would have cleaned it up a little bit the 56 year old victim received no injuries in the chicken war and both Jennifer and Jennifer Booth was booked into (laughs) the Manatee County Jail she was, however, released on a bond of five hundred dollars. <laughs> she just grabs a plate of chicken. At least they wrote chicken war. Yes, at least they wrote chicken war. He received no injuries in the chicken war. Is it really a war if there's no return fire? <laughs> eh, there was a lot of foul play. Oh my God, no. 
Okay, this next story, also from the free press. Florida man attacks victim with jar of salsa at 7-Eleven and steals a Choco Taco. I love Florida, Buck. You know why, I, you know why I love Florida so much? Because they have a fucking theme song. They do! Florida man, Florida man, does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Indeed, here comes Florida Man. Things are getting stranger every day, it seems, and Florida Man is stepping up his game. This time with a jar of salsa and a Choco Taco at 7-Eleven in St. Petersburg, Florida. According to St. Petersburg Police, 31-year-old Latrell Atuan Tresalsa I'm not making this up. A convicted felon attacked a customer for no apparent reason inside of a 7-Eleven location. Police say he entered the 7-Eleven and began to walk around the store, eventually opening a freezer door, snagging a Choco Taco ice cream bar, and beginning to eat it. Investigators say that when he grabbed a 5.5-ounce jar of Tostitos salsa from the shelf and threw the jar at another customer at the store, unprovoked. The force of the throw caused the jar to break on the victim's back. Holy shit! Leaving visible swelling, redness, and a minor laceration. He then walked out of the store without paying for the Choco Taco or the salsa, and was charged with battery and uh, petty theft with two or more priors. He was booked into the county jail and held on a $4,500 bond. You know, I have dropped a jar like that on a tile florida hasn't broken he threw this thing hard enough that a tostitos jar shattered oh my lord but i I do love how the attention to the detail the author has to point out that it is a 5.5 ounce jar of tostitos salsa i mean that makes a difference because the smaller jars are even harder to break well, there is a uh, there's a picture of the affidavit uh, of probable cause for arrest, and it, it even says five point five ounce glass jar of Tostitos salsa, valued at four dollars and forty nine cents. <laughs> oh my lord, that that's just insane though. I can I just imagine that's... the force that that dude got hit. Oh god. That was definitely a spicy, spicy encounter. No. <laughs> okay. Yes. No. You're just. Yes. You're you were painful sometimes. You know that. Just painful. Again, salty and sweet. <laughs> All right. So we have some more stories yet to go, Buck, and including this one coming from the Citrus. County Chronicle steel plate saves man from axe blows to head woman arrested for attempted murder how do we unpack this I mean I've asked you before when I've given you a headline buck what do you think this one's going to be about now will you do me the justice of just rereading that headline so I can just absorb it steel plate saves man from axe blows to head woman arrested for attempted murder I'm going to have to say uh, um, crazy, 
crazy lady thinks that dude's gonna come up and steal her cat and uh, starts hitting the dude in the head with the axe but the steel plate steel plate that he got from uh, some sort of traumatic incident work construction I'd say hmm. saved his life well you know I know it's an awfully detailed chronicle but <laughs> I figure if I'm going to be putting it on, if I'm playing roulette, I'll just put it on red and spin the fucking wheel. Well, a steel plate in the back of a man's skull may have saved him from a Hernando woman allegedly struck his head with an axe. Citrus County Sheriff's Office authorities arrested 30-year-old Cassandra Brooke, Cassandra Brooke Hallmark on Saturday, June 26th, on a charge of attempted premeditated murder with a deadly weapon. Hallmark was jailed without a bond. According to Hallmark's arrest report, the sheriff's office was dispatched Saturday to a man being struck by a double-sided medieval axe at a Hernando address. Hallmark, who was a witness, who a witness identified as the man's alleged attacker, had run away. Deputies questioned the man, who said he and another man were walking on a water pump when he felt a thump on the rear of his head, uh, stunning him before he felt a second impact. Deputies noted an inch-long cut to the back of the man's head a couple inches away from the top of his spinal cord. It was later discovered that the victim had a steel plate inserted in the back of his skull. Hallmark's arrest report states, which may have contributed to him becoming dazed. Or, you know, not fucking dead. According to the arrest report, the man said he saw another man yelling at Hallmark, who was holding the axe above her head, before the man disarmed her and chased her away. Deputies spoke to the man who witnessed the alleged attack. He corroborated the injured, injured man's statements, adding Hallmark, who is homeless, stayed in a shed on his property the evening before. He said he let Hallmark into his house to get cigarettes, and she must have grabbed the weapon from off of his wall display. Hallmark's statements to deputies were redacted in her arrest report. Okay, so dude is letting homeless people sleep in his shed, Let's him inside to get cigarettes, and he happens to have battle axes hanging on the wall. I'm not even shitting you, dude. I was going to say crazy homeless lady, but I, I just thought it was going to... I thought it was going to be too far out there, so I went crazy lady doing yard work with an axe. But I was going to say crazy homeless lady. I was going to say it. God. Oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you credit. We'll give you credit. You're, no, you, don't no, give me credit. You're, 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 man, I don't want your. You're a trustworthy no. bloke. No, man. No, I already get a participation medal for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm okay with sitting on bench on this one. <laughs> but I like I was saying, what well, may have contributed to him being dazed? I'm like, yeah, and an axe not going through his fucking brain. <laughs> may, mayhaps, mayhaps. Okay, we're going to stay with the great state of Florida. As a Florida man accused at shooting at cops thought he was being controlled in a video game. Yeah. <laughs> a 25-year-old man charged with attempted murder after shooting at police officers from his balcony claims he thought he was in a video game. Kyle Raymond was arrested Sunday after firing at two police cars that responded to his Boca Raton apartment uh, building after 911 calls from an unstable man screaming in the parking lot. Raymond fired 13 rounds from a 40 caliber Sig Sauer P229 handgun from the balcony to the street below, hitting one of the cop's tires and piercing the other's roof. 
<laughs> Several other guns were found inside the apartment when officers uh, served a search warrant. He believes someone poisoned him, an officer wrote in the affidavit. He believed that he was being controlled in a video game. He believed that his actions were being controlled by someone else. Another officer specified that Raymond thought he was inside of a game similar to Grand Theft Auto. Raymond was charged with two counts of first-degree murder... Of, of What? Attempted murder of a law enforcement officer and unlawful discharge of a firearm, according to online jail records. This really kind of irritates me, because now there's going to be that renewed thing where video games make people violent, and the dude's just a nut bar. And we lost Buck's microphone completely, so I'm not sure what he's saying, but, I mean, we, we've had this. Every time we have someone who is a video game player or knows about video games, we, we get this this newfound, oh, no, the video games are making them violent, and i not looking forward to that, let alone the fact that this guy you know, probably should be medicated or, you know, not accessible to the general public. He was just sitting on his balcony taking shots at officers. I mean, that's just... That's just strange to begin with. <laughs> can you uh, hear me better? Yeah, we can hear you. So why don't you give us your take okay. on the story? I just, you know, first off, I want to know what this guy had. Poison my ass. I want to know what the fuck he had so I can buy two of them. Yeah, cocaine, right. cocaine is not a poison. Well, maybe it is, but still, not in this sense. Well, I, I don't think it makes you shoot a cops. Like, I've never, I've never tried cocaine. I really haven't. But I'll tell you, I've known people who have, and they have not wanted to shoot cops. They've wanted to do some other, you know, random, stupid-ass things, but shooting cops has never been on, like, the list of things that cocaine has ever led me to see people. I can't even speak intelligently because this guy's such an asshole. Fuck. Well, our next story is coming from the Atlanta Black Star. Man plants Moorish flag at woman's New Jersey home, claims sovereign status, gave him ownership of her property. A Los Angeles man has been hit with several charges, including criminal mischief, burglary, and criminal trespass, after he and several others broke in and claimed legal residency of a black woman's vacant property in Newark, New Jersey. The incident allegedly took place on Thursday, June 17th, when a woman whose name on social media is listed as Shantae with the handle Reg Black Girl, attempted to enter the home she purchased in February of 2021, but couldn't because four men were claiming to have legal residence of her vacant property and have changed the lock. Newark Public Safety Director Brian O'Hara said in a statement to NBC News, he noted that Shantia was visiting the home to make some renovations. The woman called authorities who, when arrived on the scene, requested proof of identification from the four suspects. They claimed to be sovereign citizens from the Al-Morocon? Something, I don't know, empire. And their status permitted them to access to the property. According to this uh, Southern Poverty Law Center, sovereign citizens believe that they, not judges, juries, law enforcement, or elected officials, get to decide which laws to obey and which to ignore. In addition, they don't think they should have to pay taxes. Uh, after police confirmed that Shantia was in fact the homeowner, they informed the individuals they could not be on the property. They left, but around 2.40 p.m., one man later identified as 39-year-old Herbert John of Los Angeles returned before the homeowner's locksmith could change the locks. 
John allegedly used a key and entered the home and placed a Moorish flag representing representative of sovereign citizens in the window. O'Hara stated that the New York police SWAT team was eventually deployed because the suspect refused to leave and claimed that he was in rightful possession of the home. The suspect was essentially a squatter in a vacant home who had locks changed. No weapons were used in the incident. Shantia, who said she was receiving threats from, a group, from the group prior to the incident, retold the story on the popular social media platform TikTok, warning others of her bizarre encounter. I was, it was randomly, but not randomly targeted by a terrorist group that doesn't follow any of our rules and would be violent in efforts to steal my house. Uh, it's not the sexiest crime lifetime show that we were used to seeing. There was something for me to try to communicate a cautionary tale that this is bizarre and crazy, but it's real life. It happened. John was arrested, but has since been released. He faces charges of criminal mischief, burglary, criminal trespass, and terroristic threats. Okay. So sovereign citizens are (laughs) fucking Looney Tunes. And... You know, squatters, I think, need to be rounded up, dropped in the middle of the ocean with a with a half-blown-up floaty and wished luck. But the thing that's kind of striking me as odd about the story is she had received threats from the group prior to the incident. They targeted this house for a reason. I'm kind of curious what the conversation was beforehand. I, I would have to agree with you on that one, Raz. There seems to be a little bit more under the surface to this that we are not privy to. And, um, you know, it kind of leaves me hungry for a little bit more information before I can pass, like, any kind of real judgment on this. Well, not real judgment. Real judgment is that, you know, squatters should be rounded up and thrown in the ocean on half inflated raft. But, but like, comedic judgment. Like, there's not really not really a lot there to make fun of. Again, you know, this is just people being social liabilities. Well, we knew somebody who kind of went off that went down that sovereign citizen route, um, and it was rather amusing because you know th- this person asked me one day, "Are you talking about Phil?" Yes, uh, Phil asked me one day, "You know, what's do you know what a license is?" and he thought he was going to trip me up. And I said, authorization to do something that would otherwise be illegal. And all of a sudden he thought, Oh, I was also a kindred spirit. No, I just knew the definition of a license and for other reasons entirely. But then he, I went down that rabbit hole with him and learned everything that he believed. Um, this guy just tried to start his own police department. I mean, I seriously believe that Patrol One had a tinfoil hat in the back seat. Yeah, he got an old police car put on the side, Patrol One. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And he got a contract with a trailer park to do the security, even though he wasn't a licensed security uh, company, and was drive Patrol One around writing tickets. <laughs> I will tell you what right now. I am a 38-year-old man, confined to a wheelchair, and I can't pick my nose without cutting myself. And I would still put every last dollar I had on me versus Potter with me being the winner. I really would. And this man actually bamboozled someone to do security 
for an entire trailer park, <laughs> it amazes me. In fairness, it was but a big like, trailer look, park. <laughs> legit, he got paid to do this. Somebody actually drank his Kool-Aid and agreed to pay him. Yeah, the trailer park was going to secede from the Union and become its own country. <laughs> and he had people buying into this. He even had them sign petition. This is the same guy who, hey, we're having a party tonight and there's going to be free beer. Do you want to come? I'm not a drinker, Phil. Well, still, man, the more people that come, the more beer we get. I'm like, what? I shit you not. There was some dude that would come to these parties and they would all take turns peeing on him and he would buy them beer. And I got invited to this shit. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This. I'm not even. I, I'm not. I, no. I'm not going to tell you what. Just move. <laughs> like that guy. That guy, man. Like there. Oh. My, my sisters told me when I was growing up. That I was a loser magnet. And this guy just wanted to be my friend. And I just I couldn't help but reflect on their on their very accurate synopsis of me. Because like oh oh my gosh. Oh, this is the same guy who put a, uh, a gu- <laughs> he was wearing a gun holster with his keys in it because it was a key silencer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man fucking Phil man oh <laughs> alright we're gonna he'd move roll up on guy... no man he'd roll up on a guy fucking five times his size like a chihuahua barking at a mastiff <laughs> and he would think like he would really believe that that there was like <laughs> I think we're losing Buck. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're laughing so hard your mic is starting to filter you out. <laughs> well that's how could you not laugh at like I wish that we could plug in a cord to my brain to just play back some of the some of the Phil memories I got. <laughs> In case people haven't picked up on this yet, Phil also had a job at the prison that we worked at. And oh. I got a phone call <laughs> one night that we were doing a shakedown. So I was there in the middle of the night. We had all the inmates lined up in their underwear in the hallways as the dog walked up and down the hall. And that dog basically started molesting Phil's leg. It was in that, it wanted that, what was it, ever in his pocket, and it wanted it bad. Oh. <laughs> did I did I lose my mic when I hit it? No, you're good. Okay, thank God. <laughs> All right, our final story. This is a this is a doozy. This just just the title alone. Florida woman named Booze arrested for drunk driving after crashing into Taco Bell sign. <laughs> Now, this isn't so much a story as a bunch of bullet points about booze. So, bear with me here. 
A Florida woman named Kanisha Booz was arrested for drunk driving after she crashed into a Taco Bell sign in St. Petersburg and fled the scene. The 34-year-old was busted just moments after the incident. After her hasty getaway, she was, uh, saw her speeding through red lights. She was taken to the local jail, where she is charged with multiple crimes. 1. Booz works at the Taco Bell where the crash occurred. According to the arrest report obtained by the smoking gun, booze hit a tree and then the Taco Bell sign, then the restaurant's water meter at a roughly 10.20 p.m. on the evening of Saturday, June 19th. She was then spotted speeding through two red lights uh, close by. Police nabbed her and brought her in. Number two, it, it was immediately clear that booze was drunk. Police said she had bloodshot, watery eyes, a dazed and blank expression on her face, and an odor of alcohol, bev- an alcoholic beverage on her breath. However, she refused to complete a breathalyzer test. Perhaps unsurprisingly, this wasn't Booz's first brush with the law. She has seven previous convictions for driving without a license, as well as marijuana possession and grand theft convictions. Number four, Booz was charged and released after her latest incident. St. Petersburg police charged her with DUI involving property damage, leaving the scene of an accident and driving with a suspended or revoked license. She posted $1,750 bond and was released early Saturday morning. Really? I would have to say that this woman comes from a family who has a real diehard tradition for naming their children after how they got there. It's her last name. So the whole family apparently is... Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's Kanisha Booze. B O O Z E. <laughs> Man, that sounds like something. Oh boy. But, I mean, she has quite the extensive record. Uh, and all of them for, you know, dr- convictions for driving without license, marijuana possession, and grand theft. They got her for, f- she was fleeing the scene of an accident, property damage, drunk. And they gave her a. Less than $2,000 bond and wished her luck? Seriously? If it were Adams County, she'd have got ROR. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced women... Only only women that, like, told the judge to screw got went to jail in Adams County. Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. But... <laughs> She's. They even knew who she was, and she she worked at the Taco Bell and was hitting, playing bumper cars in the parking lot. Took off, ran through the red lights. But just the irony of her being named Booze, I guess, is what makes the article. <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, my mom drove an '87 Caprice Classic station wagon with the suicide seat in the back. We'd all be flipping people off on the freeway from the back seat. Like, yeah, it was an awesome car. But so in the town that I grew up in, Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, a couple of years after I worked there, I remember I was in sixth grade and we got a McDonald's. And boy, oh, boy, you oh, man, major decords. The mayor, the mayor of the town showed up for the opening, cut the ribbon and everything, man. McDonald's is open for two fucking days, and my mom drives through it. <laughs> Go on. You have, oh, yeah. You, you, you have my attention? <laughs> oh, yeah. She took that, and the best part about it is that she not only took out the drive through and shut down 
the McDonald's that our town had been urging and yearning for. Like, we had, like, newspaper articles and everything. But what it turns out is, is that my mom... Did not want taken... to have the McDonald's there. <laughs> no, no. She, she had just had the uh, brakes done on her car at the local service station. And when they redid the brakes, they didn't put brake fluid back in it. So she had just enough in the lines to get her to the McDonald's. And then when she was at the drive-thru, she's like, I had to make a decision. Either rear-end the car in front of me with three kids not in seats or in seat belts, or go into the brick drive-thru. And I thought that it would stop my car. And it didn't. And it didn't. And it didn't. <laughs> so it, it had to be shut down for almost a month and a half after my mom drove through it. And yep. that's when they moved out of West Virginia. <laughs> No, no, we stayed there for a while longer. My mom actually drove through our neighbor's front porch uh, in that same car and backed into the Berkeley Castle. Dear Lord. Yep. <laughs> Your mom All sounds like a menace. Classic. Your mom sounds like a menace. Yep. Uh, all right, folks. Well, that's, yeah. All, that's, yeah. that's, that's all we have for this week. Uh, we, we, we're back every week with new episodes. Uh, I'm going to go yell at my children for deciding to be screaming and hollering and just outside the door and even knocking on the door as I'm trying to record. Uh, but you, hopefully, uh, if everything goes well and they lay there in their lesson, you'll hear us here next week, providing I'm not incarcerated. And we'll have an even better episode of the Social Liability Podcast. I've been your host, The Rasgreaves, with my co-host, The Buck Grundle reminding you to tell a friend, like, subscribe, do everything you can possibly do to make me happy just by getting the numbers on this goofy little podcast up. Anything else, Buck? Um, if you do by any chance end up in jail, next week's podcast will be approximately 20 minutes long and will feature Raz from inside prison for his man, for his, uh, you know, 20 minutes. Just, just put some money on my books and I'll make a call. All right, folks. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Laters. <laughs>